they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, good afternoon and welcome. And Terry is in a parish in San Diego today, so he's not with me on the show. But I'm here, and so you've got the Bible with the barber. Only don't ask me to cut your hair. I don't do that unless you don't want to go in public or you want to wear a scarf or a cap for a couple weeks. Anyway, we're going to start today. We'd like to look at the readings for the day. We're in Advent season, and in Advent season, we are preparing the way of the Lord. We're supposed to be preparing our hearts for the Lord to come. Are we preparing our hearts for the Lord to come? And where do we encounter the Lord? We encounter the Lord, of course, in the Eucharist. That's the physical reality of Christ present among us under the appearance of bread and wine. But also we encounter Christ in his word. So, And we encounter Christ in the poor. We should serve the poor. We should be giving to the poor. We should um, be concerned for the homeless and you know, pray for them, give them what we can from our sustenance. Whatever we have that's extra that God has given us, we can definitely share with others. You know, it's, when God gives us more of what more of these this world's goods than what we need, that's because He wants us to share it with those who don't have. So today's readings, actually, I want to look at the prophet Isaiah for just a minute because it's Isaiah forty one through eleven, and the Lord says, "Comfort, comfort my people." Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. I just want to make a comment here on, there's a song I heard in church recently, and it's, it's comfort, comfort, oh, my people. And then it says, um, speak you know, to Jerusalem and then tell her all her sins are covered. Well, Jesus didn't come just to cover our sins. We're not dunghills covered with snow. Jesus came to expiate our sins. He removes them. When we confess our sins to the Lord, he forgets them. So when we go to confession and confess our sins, the Lord doesn't remember them anymore. Um, Jesus actually expiates our sins. He more than covers them. He removes them. He washes us in his precious blood. He regenerates us in his own life. He divinizes us by coming to live in our souls. So a voice cries out, in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for God. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The rugged land shall be made a plain. The rough country, a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. I answer, what shall I cry out? All flesh is grass. And all their glory, like the flower of the field, the grass withers, the flower wilts when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. So then the people is grass, though the grass withers and the flower wilts. The word of our God stands forever. Go up onto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is telling us that he is near and he will be near. And, and of course, God became man. Jesus, this is what we're celebrating at Christmas. God actually became man. He came to live among us, to bring the Father's love to the earth, to show us what is the height and length and breadth and depth of the love of God poured out for us. And so he is going to lead us and heal us. He will expiate our sins and he will bring us into union with himself. And there was a saying by the fathers of the church, the glory of God is man fully alive. God takes delight in his creation and especially in man. And, of course, the life of man is the knowledge of God. And that's why we want to study the Bible, read it. We want to pray and meditate on these readings. We want to prepare our hearts for the Lord. I don't know if you noticed at Mass, in between the readings, we always have a psalm. If somebody were to tell you, I found the prayer book that Jesus and Mary used, and St. Joseph, would you like it? And uh, most people say, yeah, I'd love that prayer book. Well, guess what? We have the prayer book that Jesus and Mary and Joseph used because they used the Psalms as their prayers. They also used the great hymns of the Old Testament, the, the beautiful hymns from the Old Testament. They prayed those every day. This was their life, the scriptures, the reading of the word of God and meditating upon it. So when you read these Psalms, think of the reality that Jesus and Mary prayed these same words Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Announce his salvation day after day. And think of Jesus and Mary and Joseph praying these words with you. Now we're going to move right into the gospel of today. This is the gospel from the mass of today for the second week of Advent, Tuesday. It's a reading from the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, what is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the 99 in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the 99 that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly father that one of these little ones be lost. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here it is. God doesn't will that any of these little ones be lost. You know, in the Old Testament, it says that God does not wish the death of the sinner, but rather that he turn to the Lord and live. We were made by God. We were made for God. We were made for union with God. God didn't make hell for man. God made hell because Satan rejected him. Sin is not a creature. It's a rejection. It's an absence. God made the angels and men in a state of grace, in a state of union with himself. And by their sin, the angels separated themselves from God. Now, angels are such that when they make a choice, their choice is irrevocable. It's once for all. So when the angels sinned, they're done. <laughs> but man comes to know things through his senses. So when man sins, he may be confused about what he's actually choosing. Man was made to choose the good, and his intellect is supposed to inform the will what is good, but because man comes to know things through his senses, 
he can get mistaken about the good, even in a state of grace. Yes, Adam and Eve were created in a state of grace. And you know what? They made the mistake of turning away from God and trying to decide what was good and evil on their own without God's help. The devil tempted them. Did, did God really say that if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you'll die? And, and Eve said, oh, well, no, no, no. Fruit of any of the trees of the garden? And, and Eve says, no, no, just this one, just this one. And the devil says, oh, but you see, you won't die. You'll be like God. You know? Oh, yeah, we'll be like God. God's keeping something from us. You know, he doesn't want us to be in competition with him, you know. And it's like, you know what? We're creatures of God. We depend on God for everything. Without God, we don't have anything. So God doesn't want us to sin because when we sin, we degrade ourselves and we make it incapable for ourselves to live in union with him. So we renounce sin and we turn back to the Lord. And God didn't, of course, leave us in that state of sin. He promised a Messiah. He promised that someone would not just cover over our sins, but would redeem us and bring us back into that state of union with himself so that we could live in union with him. So when we see people doing horrible things in the world, we shouldn't be standing on our self-righteous soapbox saying, oh, I hope they get caught by the law. I hope they get their what's coming to them. Yeah, I hope they get caught and stopped, but I hope they're converted to live because the Lord doesn't wish the death of the sinner. The Lord desires that the sinner turn to him and live. So when these heinous crimes are committed, remember the day the Lord adds days and years to the life of the sinner that he might live. So when you see people who are getting into their old age and they're still not following the way of the Lord, pray for them mightily that they will turn to the Lord because if they're doing great evil, they could do the same amount of good. They could do great good. You know, some of us are just kind of mediocre and we're just going through life and you know, the devil doesn't pay too much attention to us. We're just little guys. I mean, he wants to get us, get us all down. But there's some people whom God has raised up to be great souls. And if he can get those souls to do evil, the amount of evil they do is way worse than, you know, some mediocre person in the middle. And none of us is unimportant to God. I'm not saying that. Every one of us is important to God. And our part, our yes to God, what does God want for Christmas? He wants our heart. He wants us. There was this beautiful little cartoon on Facebook yesterday, and it's it, Jesus says this little 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 person, tiny little person. You know, Jesus is real tall, and there's this tiny little person looking at him, and they're holding their heart in their hand. And they say, "It's all I have," and Jesus says, "It's all I want." So all the Lord wants for Christmas is you. He wants you to give yourself to Him and welcome Him into your heart. Make a place for Him in your heart. Read the scriptures every day. Pray on them. Ask the Lord to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and glorify your name in us. Sanctify us, divinize us, and prepare us to be able to receive you at Christmas time. And pray. Pray for the conversion of sinners. Pray every day for the conversion of sinners. This is one of the things Our Lady asked at Fatima. Pray for the conversion of sinners. So you're listening to Bible with the Barbers here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you want to make a donation, 877-526-2151. If you want to ask a question or make a comment, 888-526-2151. We're going to take a short break here. I hear that music playing. Pray for Terry, who's doing a parish mission in San Diego, and pray for me. And we'll be right back with more of Bible with the Barbers. We thank you for tuning in.
This is Terry Barber inviting you to the upcoming Spiritual Warfare Conference, January 11th and 12th at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. If you go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org, you can join us with that. Or call us at 877-526-2151. Jesse Romero will be there. Father Wolfgang will be there. And our very own Matt Arnold will be there. And I'll be the MC. Don't miss out on this wonderful event, January 11th and 12th. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world absolutely free of charge. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget, but we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to move on now from the readings of the day to the Gospel of Mark. We're studying the Gospel of Mark right now, and we're in Chapter 3. And the Gospel of Mark is a fast-paced gospel. It moves along quickly. Mark is, likes the word immediately. He uses it over 40 times in his 16-chapter gospel. Doesn't use it in every chapter all the time, but there's lots going on in Mark. So by the sea, in verse 7, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, also from Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea, and from the, beyond the Jordan, and from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude hearing all that he did, came to him. And he told his disciples to have the boat ready for him because the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. We run in again to this messianic secret. Jesus doesn't want the unclean spirits to make him known. Not that they fully understand that he is God incarnate, but the reality is, is that if he, they make it known that he's the Messiah, the people aren't expecting 
what Jesus has come to give. He's come to give us freedom from sin. He hasn't come to establish a worldly paradise. We're not here for an earthly paradise. We're not here to live on this earth forever. We're here to live in union with God. We're here for heaven. So the Lord wants us to know that we have to sacrifice the things of this world, even the good things of this world. First, get rid of sin, and then even the good things of this world, give them up. Why? To make more room for the Lord in our heart. We want the Lord to live in our hearts, to be with us. And so Jesus is curing people. He's healing people. And then what? And when he went up on the mountain, he called to him those he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed the 12 to be with him and to be sent out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Simon, who he surnamed Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, who he surnamed Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Cananean and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. It's interesting in the Gospels and in the Acts of the Apostles, when you get the list of the apostles, Peter's name is always first. The other names occur in different orders. Um, Some of the apostles have more than one name. Thaddeus is also known as Judas, son of James. And it's surmised that he used that the name Thaddeus was another name that he had, Jude Thaddeus. And so the name Thaddeus was used sometimes rather than Jude or Judas so that they wouldn't be confused with the the one who betrayed our Lord, Judas Iscariot. But Jesus appoints the 12. He appoints the 12 and they are supposed to go out to preach and they would have authority to cast out demons and to heal in the name of the Lord. So in Jesus' holy name, they will heal the sick and the blind and the lame and they'll be able to cast out demons and but they're to preach the good news to the poor. They're to preach this repentance of sin, this gospel of repentance where we give up our sins and live for the Lord. We want this life of union with the Lord. This is a simple thing, but not easy. It's arduous. We have to struggle against ourselves, just like Adam and Eve had the temptation to want to be like God, to want to decide for themselves what was good and evil. We too have this temptation. We want to be like God. We want to be able to say, well, this is the way things should be. You know, and and sometimes we even treat God that way in our prayer. It's like, Lord, well, give me this and give me that and give me that. And if you just do this for me, Lord, I'll be happy. Or if you just let me win the lottery or if you let me win this or that or, um, you know, take all my bills away. And it's like, you know, it's a funny thing about man. When he has to work hard because of original sin, if he doesn't have to work hard, when he has to work hard, it dignifies him. Work dignifies the human person. And so that dignifies him. When people don't have to work, when everything's given to them, they become lazy, they become self-centered, and they begin to think that everybody in the world owes them everything. (laughs) And even for some people who work hard, but everything comes easy to them, they get this idea that, hey, you know, hey, You know, everybody could do this if they wanted to. They're just lazy. And it's like, you know, we don't know. We don't know how hard another person works. But the whole point of it is that we work for the glory of God. We work for the coming of his kingdom. We too should be spreading the kingdom. We too should be bringing others to the Lord through our life, through our charity. The apostles went out and they brought the message of Christ and they brought healing and, you know, we, we too can bring a certain healing by our kindness, 
by our consideration of the people around us, by loving those who seem unlovable. You know, there's a whole section of society that doesn't want anyone who's going to ask for any kind of a sacrifice for us. You know, we um, abort our babies because they're going to cause sacrifice or we contracept them out of existence. Or even sometimes, by the way, your contraceptives aren't necessarily contraceptive. They're abortifacient sometimes. So, um, you know, what people call contraceptives can also act as abortifacients and they cause a child who's already been conceived to spontaneously abort because the, the hormones that the women take alter the, the women's cycle so that the baby has no place to live. It, there's no place for it to implant. It's interesting. There's a, there's a lovely couple. I believe her name is Brooke Martin and her husband's name is Cole and they're pregnant with their second child. And they've discovered that the second child is not meant long for this world without a miracle of divine grace. The baby is anencephalic. That means it has no skull. So the baby's developing beautifully and perfectly in the womb other than it has no skull. So when the baby's born, it could die from, you know, the the birth process, but it won't live very long if it lives to be carried full term. So we're praying for her because although the doctors offered to give her an abortion, she said, you know, I won't do that. I'm not going to try and take the easy way out. Life is full of suffering. Life is full of hard things. You're not going to remove the suffering from life. That's part of our life here on earth. All of us have suffering, but we can embrace that suffering and unite it to the suffering of Jesus Christ. And when we unite our suffering to the sufferings of Jesus Christ, like St. Paul said, I fill up in my own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. Our sufferings become meaningful in union with Christ and they become redemptive. And so this beautiful couple is embracing this child, this beautiful child that God has given, this unique, unrepeatable image and likeness of God. And they will have their little baby and send their little baby back home to God and thank God for the life of this child. And yes, it's a suffering and they've cried tears and it's sad. But at the same time, Lord Jesus, we ask for baptism for this child. If it please you, we ask that you heal this child and cause a skull to grow so the baby can live and stay with her parents on earth if it's that's your will. But through this suffering, may many of us be purified of this idea that people who have suffering are a burden because they're not. People who are of suffering are an image and likeness of you, Lord Jesus, and help us to see you in the sick and the suffering and to serve them just as the apostles went out and served. Amen. And if it please you, Lord Jesus, we ask you to heal this little baby of Brooke Martin and her husband Cole, that you could give this little baby a skull. And if not, we do ask that they have the courage to bear this suffering and that the rest of the world also learn from this suffering that we can be united to you, Lord, and we can have joy in that. So as Jesus is healing people, there's a crowd and they come and they gather and they can't even eat and there's so many people and his friends are saying are he's beside himself, he's nuts, you know. And so then what happens? Well, the Pharisees come out and they say, well, you know, it's by Beelzebul that he's casting out demons. Well, who is Beelzebul? <laughs> the prince of demons. So it's by the devil. Well, Jesus says, well, wait a minute. If Satan's kingdom is divided against itself, it will fall. So actually, that should be a cause of rejoicing, if that's what you really think, because this kingdom is going to fall. The reality is Satan's kingdom is going to fall, not because Satan is divided against himself. He has one aim, to take souls away from God. 
He doesn't want us to honor the Lord God because he refused to honor the Lord God. But Jesus says, but Jesus himself will take, he will destroy the kingdom of Satan because he takes away the sins of the world. And this is Satan's power, his sin. His power is in sin. He has no power in and of himself. He's only a creature. He can't do anything against us that God doesn't allow. And the closer we're living to God in the state of grace, <laughs> the less power he has over us. And he has no power over us at all unless God were to give it to him. So although our own sins, if we commit mortal sins, we, we become slaves of Satan by sin. When we're conceived, we have original sin and we're slaves of Satan. When we're baptized, then we are freed from that sin. And the Lord Jesus, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come to live in us and make us their own dwelling. And Jesus goes on to warn people about this idea that you can blaspheme. You know, I, Jesus is doing good works, and they're saying, well, Satan is the origin of his good works. No, Satan doesn't do good. He might mimic good, but he doesn't do good. He can't do good. And so he says, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men. Whatever blasphemies the other, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. The reason Jesus said this is because they had said he has an unclean spirit. Well, what does he mean an eternal sin? Is there any sin that's beyond the mercy of God? No, there's no sin that's beyond the mercy of God. But are we willing to ask for forgiveness? Are we willing to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I offended you. I turned away from you and I chose a created good over you. I am sorry I am so sorry, Lord, that I have offended you. And I turn back to you, and I want to do your will. So only our hardness of heart can keep the mercy of God out of us. If we are really sorry for our sins and truly repentant, and part of that repentance is that firm purpose of amendment, I will change my life so that I don't fall into this temptation again. I'm going to make the changes I need to make so that I'm not falling into this temptation. So don't attribute good to the devil. Whenever a good is done, God is the one who inspires that good. And any good that's done on this earth is done with the help of the angels. By the way, we don't need Satan's help to sin. Flip Wilson was incorrect. When Flip Wilson said, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make him do it. If we choose the evil, that's our fault. We chose it, and the devil didn't make us do it. If someone else is making us do it, that's not a free choice, and we're not acting as a free human being. So we can't be fully culpable for what we did. When we choose sin, we have chosen to separate ourselves from God, mortal sin. Venial sin doesn't separate us from God, but it does weaken our will, and it, it, it darkens the intellect so that it makes us more easily able to choose mortal sin. So we don't want to compromise with sin in our life. We don't want to compromise with any sin. And we especially don't want to say that the good that God does is done by the devil. Well, we're coming up on a break here again. Oh, my goodness, that time just goes so fast. And uh, we have a spiritual warfare com coming up conference one month from today. January 11th is the spiritual warfare conference. You can register at 877-526-2151. We'll be right back with more of the Gospel of Mark to learn how the Lord wants us to live our lives in union with Him and rejoicing.
Matthew Arnold here, encouraging you to go to vmpr.org to register for our upcoming Spiritual Warfare Conference this January 11th and 12th at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. Father Wolfgang will be speaking along with Jesse Romero, Terry Barber as MC, and yours truly, talking about spiritual warfare and the family. Protect your family now. Go to vmp.org and register for this conference. Don't miss it. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world, absolutely free of charge. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget, but we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment... Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, Mary Danielle is here with her angel today, and Terry is preaching a parish mission down in San Diego. So we're going through the Gospel of Mark here, fast-paced Gospel. Another thing you want to notice in the Gospel of Mark is this reality of the joy, the joy in the Lord. Okay, people, Jesus rejoices in the Lord and people have joy. The apostles are joyful in what they're able to do. The Lord gives us this joy. By the way, even in the midst of suffering, great joy can come even in the midst of suffering. And many, many saints have testified to that and that made it evident with their lives that the Lord gives us joy. And this is, this is the evidence of his presence in our life is that joy of the Lord and for anyone who's not experiencing it, ask. You know, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. So ask for more faith every day. Ask for this joy in the Lord. Ask for an increase in the virtue of hope. Ask for an increase in the virtue of charity. And ask the Lord to help you to trust him with your life. He wants to be the Lord of our whole life, not just a part of it. Not just one little corner here and there or a Sunday morning, you know, a couple hours or whatever. The Lord of our entire life. Everything in our life has meaning to him. Everything in our life is of concern to him. He doesn't miss anything. He sees every detail. He sees it with love and he loves us and he wants to bless us 
The Lord wants to bless us. St. John Vianney used to tell his people, the Lord wants to bless you, but you sin and you cause him to curse you. So give up the sin. Ask the Lord every day, Lord, give me the grace to give up the sin. Give me the grace to live in union with you today. And just for today, we just one day at a time, one day at a time. So Jesus came to free us from sin. Jesus comes, he tells us to repent. He drives out the demons. He's not doing it by the prince of demons. He's doing it by the power of almighty God. And of course, Jesus is almighty God incarnate. So he doesn't need to do it in anyone else's name. He's doing it himself because he is God among us. Emmanuel, that's what the the prophet had prophesied. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. And he remains with us in the Eucharist. Jesus Christ is really present body, blood, soul, and divinity in his risen, ascended, glorified body in the Holy Eucharist. Just as he is present in heaven, so is he present in the Eucharist. And in all the tabernacles where the Blessed Sacrament is reserved, come to visit him. This is Advent. We're preparing the way of the Lord. Come to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Spend time with him. Bring him your troubles. Bring him the struggles in your family. Ask him to bring peace to your family. The Lord is just waiting for you to ask. Literally, Jesus is dying because his passion is forever. Not that his, he died once for all in a bloody manner on Calvary. That sacrifice as a bloody sacrifice on Calvary ended at the moment of his death. But the victim who immolated himself still offers himself to the Father. He lives for all eternity, that act of immolated love. If you read Revelation 5, the Lamb of God is there with his scars in the presence of the Father, offering himself, making constant expiation for us. So his passion is forever. It stretches across all of time. And we ask him to apply the merits of his passion to us today so that we can live in the fullness of the grace that he won for us. And on verse 31 of chapter 3 of Mark, his mother and his brethren came, standing outside, They sent to him and called him, and the crowd was sitting about him, and they said, Your mother and brethren are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who sat about him, he said, Here are my mother and my brethren. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Is Jesus putting his mother down here? (laughs) I think not. He says, whoever does the will of God, whoever does the will of God, whoever does the will of God, who did the will of God more perfectly than his mother? And you know, we're afraid that, you know, some people are afraid they might be loving Mary too much. Her son is God incarnate. God is love. Who could possibly love Mary more than Jesus? You can't possibly love Mary more than Jesus did because Jesus is God, and he loves her with his Godhead and also his human heart, which is united to his Godhead. He loves her with an infinite love. He made her beautiful. He made his own mother, and he prepared her beforehand for the role she would have. You know, in the Gospel of Luke, when it says, Hail, full of grace, the word in Greek, kekaritomene, is a past perfect imperative. I believe that's what it's called. I may be calling the grammar. My grammar is really poor. I'm sorry. My grammar is not the best. But the reality is, is it 
it refers to a past event that is still having its effect at the current time. So when the angel said she is full of grace, he's saying she was already full of grace before he even came to her. She's already full of grace and she continues to be full of grace. Did she do this on her own? No. This was all done in view of the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no time in God. God is outside of time. And so in view of the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ, our blessed mother is pre-redeemed. That was something Thomas Aquinas couldn't explain. Thomas Aquinas rejected the theological explanation of his day because the theologians were saying, oh, Mary didn't have sin. She didn't need to be redeemed. Thomas said, no, that can't be. Then you're separating her from Christ. And that Mary can't be separated from Christ. So, And he couldn't explain it. God didn't give him that insight. But the church came to the insight through God, through the Holy Spirit, to realize that Mary was redeemed at the moment of her conception in view of the merits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is through the blood of Christ that Mary is redeemed. Yes, she is truly redeemed through the blood of Christ, just like the rest of us. His precious blood is upon her. And even so, he became man in her womb. And so her pre- his precious blood is, as it were, mingled through the placenta with the blood of his mother that Mary and Jesus are so united and she is so beautiful and he made her that way. God is the one who filled her with grace. He's not putting her down. She perfectly did the will of God. She never said no to God. She never sinned. She wanted God and God alone. She was so in love with God that she never, never was tempted by anything of this earth. Only God, only God. And so when he says, Whoever does the will of my father is brother and sister and mother to me. Mary is the first among those who does the will of the father. And she is the one that our Lord has first and foremost in his mind. He loved his mother and he kept the fourth commandment perfectly, which by the way, the Hebrew word honor thy father and thy mother, kavodah, means to bestow glory upon. And Jesus does this. He keeps the fourth commandment perfectly. He loves his mother and he bestows glory upon her. So he's not putting her down. He's telling the rest of us, look at my mother and imitate her. Love me like she loves me. Be faithful to God. Do his will the way she was faithful, where she never wanted anything for herself. She only wanted to glorify God and bring forth the glory of God and praise him and bless him. Even her Magnificat. My soul proclaims the glory of the Lord and my spirit exalts in God, my savior. She's, it's all about God. It's all about his glory. It's all about what God has done and how good God is. It's, it's awesome. Pray over it, meditate on it and realize that Jesus's love for his mother is infinite because he is God and he made his mother. Most of us don't get to choose who, you know, our mother is and we don't get to make her, you know, none of us gets to make our mother. But Jesus is God. So he got to make his mother and he chose which human being would be his mother. So Mary is, he never denigrates her. He keeps the fourth commandment. He bestows glory upon her. In chapter four, Jesus moves on and he's going to tell a parable here. Again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He taught them many things in parables. And his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow the seed. 
Some fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Others' seed fell on rocky ground, which it had not, not much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it scorched, and f since it had no root, and it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain, and other seed fell on good soil, and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing, yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. So he's telling a parable. The sower goes out to sow seed. And remember, agrarian culture, people were used to seeing them do this. They carry their little bag of seed along the side. It's strapped, it has a strap that goes over their shoulder. And as they go, they, they take a handful and they throw the seed across the field. And so some of the seed lands in the good soil and some of it doesn't. And of course, as you're pulling it out of the bag, some of it falls on the footpath and some of it falls among the thorns and some of it falls among the rocks. And so it, you know, is gathered here and there, but much of, most of it falls on, on good soil. So what's it going to yield? Now, when he was alone, those who were with him, with the 12, asked him concerning the parable. And he said, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn again and be forgiven and he said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all the parables the sower sows the word the gospel when and there are and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word which is sown in them. And there in like manner are the ones sown upon rocky ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root. So they endure a little while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises, oh, no, those fallen on the rock, And I hear the music. So we're going to have to come back to this after the break. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible with the Barbers. If you want to make a donation, you can call 877-526-2151 or register for that Spiritual Warfare Conference. If you have a question or a comment, 888-526-2151. We're so glad you joined us here today. And we want you to know the joy of the Lord. Terry Barber, I want to invite you to the Spiritual Warfare Conference coming January 11th and 12th at the Sacred Heart Chapel. It's going to be fantastic. I want to encourage you to sign up by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. One of the speakers is sitting right next to me, Matthew Arnold. Matt, what are you going to be telling our folks about? I'm going to tell them about my journey into the Catholic Church because in my younger days, I was in the entertainment business. I was all involved with cult beliefs and practices like tarot cards and astrology and even channeling. And I had my own brush with the demonic. Wow. Not only Matt... But Father Wolfgang from the Opus Angelorum, popular priest, he's welcome back. And our friend Jesse Romero, my partner on the Terry and Jesse show, will be there. Don't miss it. Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call us at 877-526-2151. 
It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget, but we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Here at chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4 of the Gospel of Mark and the parable of the sower, but I again want to thank all of our donors who are monthly donors and all of those of you out there who are supporting this endeavor and this apostolate of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Without your support, we can't do this. We're, we're doing the best we can to um, keep the, the costs down as low as possible, but we do need that support and we thank you for it. And may God richly reward you and bless you for all the support you've given us. And we especially ask for your prayers. Please keep us in prayer. All of our radio hosts and their families, all of our technicians, the, the staff, all of our volunteers, and all of our benefactors. And we do pray for you every day. We pray for our benefactors and our, our volunteers and our staff. And we, we just ask the Lord to pour out his blessings upon us. We want to help build his kingdom here on this earth. This is what we're called to do. We're all called to be saints. You know, there are only saints in heaven, people. So if, if I don't want to be a saint, you know, there may be a, a, <laughs> maybe a problem there. Ask the Lord to, want, to make you want to be a saint because that's, that's how we're going to get to heaven. But the Lord does that in us. It's not us. It's the Lord who does that. And Jesus is giving us a little clue here, the explanation of the parable of the sower, right? So some of the seed fell on the, on the rocky ground, um, and it, it uh, you know, the seed fallen on the path, Satan comes immediately, and he just takes it away. It's like the birds of the air. And, and then the seed fallen on the, the rocky ground, well, it has no root. So even though they joyfully receive the word, there's no root. So we have to let this word take root in us. It has to make a change in us. It's, it's not something that just can be superficial. It has to go to the, the root of who we are. It needs to renew us from within. It doesn't just cover us over, but renews us from within, divinizes us. The Lord comes to live in us. The most holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come to live in us in baptism God wants us to be a living temple of his presence. And so he, by his grace, 
regenerates us from within. If that word doesn't take root in us, if we don't allow it to take root in us, and it can't take root in us if we don't give up our sins and start renouncing our attachment to the things of this world, we weren't made for a finality here on earth. We were made to live in union with God for all eternity. Our finality is heaven. We need to give up the things of this world and look towards the things of heaven. And in Advent, this is what we're looking for. We're, we're praying for the coming of the Lord. We remember his first coming. And then we're also praying for his second coming. We're supposed to pray for the coming of the kingdom of God. And we're supposed to pray that the Lord Jesus come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come. And so if that word is not taking root in us, if it's not making an effect in our life, we need to get down our knees and humble ourselves before the Lord and beg the Lord for what we need to be able to have the word of God take root in us, lest it be lost, lest it die. Now, some of the seed fell on among thorns and, and brambles. So there you have it. They heard the word of God, but the cares of this world and the delights in riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So the things of this world can distract us from God. We can get so caught up in our day to day that we forget that we were made for heaven. We don't have a finality here in this world. We're, we're living to get to heaven. We want to see the Lord wherever we are, know that he is with us, practice the presence of God, be conscious that God is always with us and present to us, be present to him, try to live in union with him. And then also Jesus asks us to serve the poor, to serve those, those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Many people don't have a home. You know, they have right now at Sacred Heart Parish in Covina, they're, they're um, participating in the winter shelter for the homeless. And the homeless come to the um, Kavanaugh Hall every evening and they have a place to sleep. They're given uh, a dinner and they have a place to sleep. And in the morning, they'll be giving breakfast. And then during the day, they go out again. They're not at the parish all day long. But at least at night, they have a safe, warm place to sleep. And this is a way of serving the poor, participating in that, volunteering to help. This is something that families can do too. And and also, you know, pro-life work, praying for the babies and, and offering alternatives to the mothers. Their mothers don't want to kill their babies. They want help in a difficult situation. So provide those things. Look for a way to serve the St. Vincent de Paul Society, the Shield of Roses, the pro-life counseling centers, the, you know, the homeless shelters, um, even in your neighborhood, maybe there's a poor family who needs a little help. You know, take a look around, open your eyes, ask the Lord to open your eyes and see those in need today and serve them so that that word can take root in you. And again, we need to not get so busy with shopping and, oh, I have this list and I have to get all these gifts for these people. And the greatest gift you can give to anyone is to pray for them. Pray for them and ask the Lord to bless them. You can have masses offered for your friends and family. There are Christmas novenas, many of them. Look online and, and find the Christmas novenas and enroll your friends and family in these. You know, if you have enough of this world's goods already, you don't need to be buying each other more gifts. Maybe what you could do is give something to the poor 
give something to the missions, give something to aid to the church in need or the World Villages for Children, the Asian Relief Society, or find a charity that's truly a charity that's helping the poor, the veterans associations that help the the veterans who have been wounded in the war, and and give to them. And and you could say to to your family members, in your name, I give this, what I was going to spend as a gift, on a gift from, for you, I give this in your in your name as a gift. The Team Rubicon, volunteer veterans who go out and for free help to in natural disaster areas to clean up and to the families that don't can't you know the insurance won't pay for the cleaning up after the after the disaster. So the the, the families have to pay for it themselves. So Team Rubicon goes out and it does this. So there's lots of ways you can do you can help, and that's having that word become fruitful in us, detaching ourselves from the things of this world. Don't get so caught up in the Christmas gift buying or even in writing cards so much as to pray for the people that you love and keep them in prayer, lift them up in prayer, have masses offered for them. If you, you know, if you don't have the extra money to have masses offered, when you go to mass, lift them up in prayer, pray the rosary for them so that the word of God actually becomes effective in you and ask the Lord to help you as I, you know, too, I have to ask the Lord to help me not to be attached to the things of this world and not to have my first concern with the things of this world. That can choke the Lord out of my life. The things of this world can crowd the Lord out of my life, and I don't want that to happen. So then you have those who are sown on good soil, and they yield 30 or 60 or 100 fold. And each of us has to decide inwardly, and we should give joyfully, Decide what we're going to give to the Lord and give it joyfully. We need to give to the Lord our whole self. And the Lord will make us fruitful according to his goodwill and pleasure. But try and give him your whole self. Don't hold anything back. God is God and we are not. He made us for himself. And he loves us. We belong to him. Every breath that we take, we owe to God. Every beat of our heart is from the Lord as a gift. Every moment of our life, every pulsation of our pulsating systems, you know, to practice that presence of God, be aware of his presence, to live in his presence, to to be grateful, to be joyful, give up complaining maybe for Advent. You know, we are supposed to be doing some penance. We're supposed to remove the things of this world from our life, especially, first of all, remove the sin. And then remove the attachments to the things of this world so that there's room for the Lord to come into our heart. So we want to be joyful in the Lord. We want to live in his presence. And it's like, you know, there's a beautiful prayer. Lord, may every heartbeat be an act of love. Every pulsation, an act of thanksgiving. Every breath, an act of union of my will with thine and of desire for holy communion. You know, Jesus said, my brother and sister are those who do the will of God. Well, then every breath, an act of union of my will with thine and of desire for holy communion. Long for Jesus to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come to me, fill me with your presence, renew me in your grace. Beg the Lord constantly for his presence in your life. If there's not peace in your life, if if there's strife in your family, ask the Lord Jesus to come in, you know. Heart of Jesus, King and center of all hearts, rule thou supreme in our home and in every home. Jesus, bring your peace to our home. By the sign of thy holy cross, deliver us from our enemies, almighty and eternal God, and bring peace to our home. Be the peace in our home, Jesus. Help me to live in union with you today. And then live in me, Jesus, and shine through me. May others come to know you through my life. 
This is what the Lord wants of us. He wants our whole heart. He wants us to give our lives to him. He speaks to us in his word. If we don't know the scriptures, we don't know Christ. Take time to read the scriptures. This is Advent. Take time to prepare the way of the Lord. Put aside some of the material things. Do more for those who are less fortunate. Consider them. You know, you may not be able to give something to every homeless person you see, but every time you see a homeless person on the street, you can pray to their guarding angel. You can pray a Hail Mary for them. You can ask the Lord Jesus to give them a hug and and fill them with his grace and his mercy that they might know him. And there are many. The priest at our parish was telling us at Mass um, yesterday that one of the men who comes to the homeless shelter at night He can't sleep at night because he's so used to staying awake all night because they've closed the parks at night. They don't let the homeless in the parks at night. So he sleeps during the day in the park and then he's awake all night, but he has his Bible. And so all night long, he reads his Bible. And as he goes throughout his life and his day, he tries to remember the presence of the Lord and give glory to the Lord in all his circumstances, even though he's homeless. How many of us who have a home try to do that, spend eight hours reading the Bible and, and maybe we don't have, you know, maybe we would be neglecting the duties of our state and life if we did that. But can we spend 15 minutes a day? You know, do we have that time? And Jesus is present in the Eucharist. If we have a home to live in, maybe we should come to Jesus's home in the Eucharist and spend time with him there and ask him to prepare our hearts. And always have room for the poor. Always have room for those who don't have as much as we have and be willing to share. It's interesting how it's usually the poor who are those who are most willing to share. Mother Teresa tells the story of a woman who, Mother Teresa gave her rice for her family, and the woman went out and immediately split the rice with a neighbor who had less than she had. So we're coming up here on the clock. I see those numbers running down, and the music's going to start playing. I thank you so much for joining us here at the Bible with the Barbers on this Tuesday, the 11th. Of December. Tomorrow is the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Happy feast day, all of us out here. Mary is the Empress of the Americas. Our Lady of Guadalupe is the Empress of the Americas. We honor her. Remember, if you have a little extra to donate, you could donate to the Catholic Resource Center, the um, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And we thank you so much for your kindness, your generosity, for your prayer support, for your financial support, for listening to the show. Tell your friends and your neighbors and just spread the word. Send everybody out at Christmas time. Send word out in Christmas letters and cards about listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you enjoy listening, let others know. Spread the word and spread the word, the good news of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Christmas is about the coming of Christ, and we want to keep Christ in our lives and know the joy of the Lord. May God richly bless you. You have a voice in your head. How did he know that, the voice just said? Because we all do. (laughs) And the words you speak to yourself matter a lot. Our words shape our self-perception. Our self-perception shapes our actions. Our actions shape our lives. Words are at the foundation of our whole lives. What words do you speak to yourself? The book of Revelations calls the devil the accuser of our brothers. He wants us to amplify the negative words in our heads. God reveals the truth about who we are. But he didn't do that so you wait for me to preach it to you. Preach it to yourself. When the voice within starts saying, I'm weak, used, washed up, not pretty enough, skinny enough, smart enough, I'll never be enough. Replace that with words like, I'm blessed, I'm chosen, I'm beautiful. I am a son or daughter of the King of Heaven. I don't mean that figuratively, I mean it literally. Look in the mirror and preach the truth to yourself. 
This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.